Hello and welcome to the Mangal Media Show in cooperation with Root Radio Live. I am Mangal Media Editor-in-Chief Efe Levant. To learn more about us and follow the articles discussed on the show, please visit our website www.mangalmedia.net. Mangal Media is supported entirely by reader donations. If you like our content and would like to see more of it, please check out our pledge options from our Patreon site. A monthly pledge of over $5 will give our readers digital access to our illustrated short fiction project, Guide to Every City. In today's episode, we will be joined by one of our regular contributors, Robin Asbury, to talk about a recent article, Where are the Ati in the Ati Atiha? In this article, Robin introduces a yearly festival in the Atman province of the Philippines called Ati Atiha. The article interrogates the tradition of blackface involved in the celebration of the festival and sets it against multiple backdrops of global histories of anti-blackness. Hello, Robin. It's nice to have you on this podcast. Uh, how are you doing? I'm okay, given <laughs> that we're in a pandemic. Yeah, as good as it can be. Uh, so we have published an article from you, Where are the Ati in the Ati Atihan? I probably pronounced it completely wrong. And we published this article on December 6th, quite recently. Uh, first, uh, could you introduce yourself? Okay. Um, my name is Robin Asbury. Um, I'm originally from the... US. Uh, I moved over to the Philippines and I've been living there. And then now I'm in Turkey. Uh, I'm a PhD candidate uh, studying uh, Turkic and Islamic uh, art history, but I have a background in uh, anthropology and Islamic studies. Mm -hmm. Is that good enough? I think you've omitted the fact that you're half Filipino yourself. You said you're just from the United States. Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, well, I guess the term is mestiza. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, my mother is uh, Filipino. I'm also a Filipino citizen myself. Cool. So can you tell us a little bit about your article? Um, so my uh, article was about the uh, Ati and the Ati Atihan. Um, when I would go to the province to visit my family, uh, they, they would always talk about this big festival, the Ati Atihan, and people would dress up in blackface or cover themselves in soot uh, to mimic the Ati, which are uh, an Aita or a Negrito uh, group in uh, where my mom's from in uh, Panay in Aklan. And when I would say that seems kind of problematic, you know, they kind of 
would brush me off. Um, but at this festival, uh, I, I've never seen any Ati people and the, the costumes, the, the blackface, um, it's not indicative of any like uh, Negrito groups, like where are they getting these really, I wanna say like carnival-esque outfits how are they actually saying they're uh, celebrating the ati? Because the ati, ati hanu means like, um, kind of like mimicking the ati. When they're, the communities are there, but they're not participating in this. Uh, the ati, ati han is based on a story. Well, one story is that the uh, Bornean Datus fled and settled in Panay and they, uh, traded a golden salakot, that really Asian pointy hat thing, uh, and some other goods to have the uh, coastal areas and the ati retreated into the mountains. And uh, at least now, generally, you associate Negrito groups with residing in mountainous areas instead of along the coast. So maybe this does speak to the uh, displacement of the original Negrito uh, groups in the Philippines uh, to uh, as the uh, Malay settlement increased. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, yeah. the principal theme that arises here is the use of blackface which you kind of talk about whether this can be really considered as blackface or not, or in under what circumstances is it similar to what people understand to be blackface in the US and under what circumstances it's different from that. There's a, a, there's a lot that is controversial here. Can you expand upon? upon those aspects, like in terms of its similarities and differences to the US American idea of the blackface? Well, uh, blackface in the US is usually mimicking um, black Americans, like we have a history of, uh, you know, blackface and mammy uh, caric uh, caricatures, um, <coughs> caricatures. Uh, in the Philippines, there, uh, well, maybe I should say that Fi uh, Filipinos in the diaspora saw the uh, Atiatihan as blackface, thinking that uh, they were mimicking African tribes, which they weren't. Um, but they are, in a way, mimicking the blackness of uh, the Ati. Uh, like with that, because when I was looking up terms like blackface and these terms for the current mm -hmm. you know, situation in the US and I guess worldwide with the Black Lives Matter movement and, and these uh, sort of uh, kind of anti-racist anti policies that people are trying to uh, promote, uh, a definition of 
you know, what is blackness, I found one that said, uh, basically relating to um, like African heritage, people that come from African heritage. Uh, so people within Africa and then the, I guess the diaspora, which of course involves the slave trade. But then a little later down in this definition, they said also um, like Melanesians and uh, the Aboriginal people of Australia could also come under this term. But then I was kind of confused because what is this term? Because Melanesians, uh, the Abor Aboriginal people of Australia, they're not African. They do have a blackness or say, as like the phenotype, dark skin, but they don't share the same sort of uh, cultural heritage or um, the same, I don't know, spiritual or ideological locus that is uh, Africa. So I was wondering about these terms or how they were used. I, while I was writing the article, I tried to contact a lot of friends in the anthropology community and friends, you know, in the activist communities. Uh, I contacted a friend in Australia and I asked about, I mean, he wasn't uh, an Aboriginal uh, individual, but he said um, only recently did this idea of um, kind of like blackness or like black unity start in Australia because more often that the aboriginals saw their, or the aboriginal peoples uh, saw themselves as, you know, part of a, a wider uh, indigenous movement than say the sort of, uh, black solidarity type of movement or, or participated in black solidarity movement. But this is just from one person, so I'm not exactly sure. And obviously I don't have uh, much you know, information on what goes on in contemporary Australia uh, regarding that. Um, for, now I'm losing, like where was, <laughs> um, so for when using the term anti-blackness, I did not know of another term that I could use in its place because it does seem like anti-blackness because the focus in the Philippines on the Ati and the uh, other uh, Aita groups is that they are darker skinned than say like the Malay groups. And that's a, a distinguishing feature. Uh, for them, to the point that I've come across uh, things on the web that stated that uh, Aita groups were actually African, which isn't true because genetically the, the Aita groups and the other Negrita groups throughout Southeast Asia are closely uh, uh, genetically re related to uh, other Asian groups and not uh, people um, from the African continent. I'm I lost suppose, at where I was. Uh, you were talking about the kind of the genetic heritage of the RT and whether, uh, the, the, well, under the umbrella of blackness, to what extent do the indigenous and the Africans differ from each other? And uh, 
I think a useful term here is the idea of colorism. Because uh, I'm, well, I feel like, you know, when you say pe uh, people of color, I, that's just like another, uh, that's like the more woke version of saying colored people, uh, the coloreds. Um, I don't know, because I, when I, uh, a lot of activists or uh, activism on racism or, or things people imbibe, they get through the internet. So maybe this sort of like kids on Tumblr sharing their ideas of what is anti-racist and stuff. So the discourse is, it can be muddled. I've seen um, like, a, a, at least in the US, more often they'll distinguish like black people and then people of color or like black and brown people of co color. Like there's always a sort of like distinction. And I mean, obviously I'm not of, uh, I'm not black. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure where the lines are drawn on that identity for people that maybe on the street you would assume are black but don't have that heritage maybe they're from melanesia or the, the philippines or um other indigenous groups throughout like oceania and and asia but apart from maybe phenotype is I mean is phenotype enough to make you black is blackness also there's like is there something social is there a culture to it and I think a lot of stuff gets boiled down to at least in the U.S. like phenotype because yeah you, you see like when people what do you say um white passing people of color and then they have other um, like discussions where people are like, if you look white, you're white. Mm. That's it, you're white. But then I think, is that, are you though? Is, is there more to it? Like there's, there's and things that are shared on TikTok and, and Tumblr and like memes. It, I mean, it doesn't leave room for the nuance that exists in how, at least in the US, how race is constructed because not everyone that is now white was white. If it was merely just a phenotype, then would not many of the Ashkenazi Jews have been considered white from the get-go mm -hmm. or the Irish or the Italians. And also in the U.S., so there was the uh, hypogene something, uh, the law of like one drop of black blood and you're considered to be black. That's kind of the folkloric translation of it, I think. Yeah, the, the one drop rule. Um, I guess because that went, I guess, hand in hand with like the, uh, to prevent interracial relationships and you know, eugenics. I think more, more than preventing consensual relationships, 
It was also about preventing the inheritance of property from kind of white landowners to their kind of, I suppose, what the legal system would consider their, to be their illegitimate children from their slaves. Uh, yes, of course. I mean, uh, the racial history within the US, I mean, and what still goes on now, it is really uh, complex. It's, it's interesting, but when it, I think that a lot of um, Americans uh, seem to think what has gone on in the US translates directly to how certain minority groups and say people that maybe will say black or of African heritage are treated in those communities. And there's parallels, but it's not necessarily derived from the same sort of history. Uh, like in the Philippines, you have um, black Americans uh, that came as part of, you know, the, the uh, US uh, occupation and colonization of the Philippines, there's a unique kind of power structure within that. Mm. Um, so I'm not, like the US is, I think it's uh, important how, I think a lot of, uh, how do I say, like a lot of people look to the US uh, when it comes to these sorts of things, like with activism and such, uh, it, they what goes on in the U.S. gets the uh, conversation started. Mm. But you know, locally, uh, things have to people have to contemplate the injustices on yeah injustices on a, on a local scale because. Uh, maybe in the Philippines, we'll think about how we treat uh, African immigrants or um, people that are of Filipino and uh, black heritage. So I see people thinking about that, but I don't really hear much about uh, marginalized indigenous groups such mm -hmm. as the Aita, which I thought was interesting. So when I was thinking about, when, when I saw what was going on in the US with the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and listening to discussions here in Turkey from people that were uh, black, African heritage or, or Afro-Turk, uh, I was thinking about why is it I, I have not heard about the Aita when it comes to activism in the Philippines. I'll hear about maybe the Lumad or the Bang Zamoro, but not so much of the first uh, inhabitants of the Philippines that are still around. But they're like, when I, in school, um, they're kind of like museum pieces. Mm. We're not really 
discussing them as a, a living community. I suppose then again, you could draw another parallel with the United States though. I mean, you could also draw a parallel with uh, the First Nations in the United States and the RT instead of drawing the parallel with kind of like African-Americans. Yes, there's, I said, I, I think I said in my article, it reminded me of how I was um, taught about uh, the indigenous people or the First Nations when mm. I was uh, in school, like in social studies or American history. You're told these uh, little stories about, you know, the pilgrims came and then we had Thanksgiving and, mm. But you don't you don't talk about the systematic uh, racer of the culture, the genocides that were perpetuated as uh, the U.S. Uh, as uh, the U.S. expanded and and such. So yeah, I think there's kind of like a twofold thing here. One on how different. The, the Aita may be like phenotypically from like a Malay Filipino and how the Philippines generally treats its indigenous groups in also in the way of land grabbing and uh, destruction of culture or commodification of culture. Mm -hmm. uh I was just trying to remember there is this in New Orleans because this is also like a parade and it's also about like appropriation and blackness, all of these things kind of mixed together. There is a tradition, a Mardi Gras tradition of some of the groups in the parade. They're basically like African-Americans who dress up like Native Americans and they do kind of like an interpretation of Native American dances during the parade in full costume with like, uh, I think they're kind of like dressed from tip to toe in like very colorful feathers and they join the parade. I think this is a tradition that's, I was trying to remember the name of this. Have you heard about this? Um, I think I've seen maybe clips of it, but mm -hmm. I don't know much about it myself. Uh, I always wondered about that in a, in a way, like when I saw like the costuming. Um, I do know that at least um, within the US uh, way back when, runaway slaves used to join up with mm. indigenous tribes and they did uh, intermingle, mm -hmm. so maybe it's appreciation maybe it's appropriation but i'm i'm not sure on that one i mean for me personally with my very kind of shallow knowledge about the specifics of this i mean of course i'm a lot more inclined to consider that to be a much more okay form of kind of transcultural borrowing then I see something like, or uh, we were talking just before we kind of started recording like Schwarzepiet in, in the Netherlands where a bunch of white people kind of like cover their faces in black and who and then they call themselves like Santa's little helpers. Um, 
I consider African Americans to be dressing up like Native Americans to be a lot more okay than I consider a bunch of Dutch people kind of doing blackface for for obvious political reasons. Of one of them is celebra celebrating uh, what you just alluded to, like a possible kind of mm, collaboration against something oppressive, and the other one is quite blatantly celebrating the servitude of another group of people under themselves. And in terms of kind of problematicness, I suppose, the Ati Ati Han festival is kind of outside of both of these traditions, I suppose. It's, it's in a different place entirely. I mean, I guess in a way it could be, but I think, again, I'm not, I'm also not Ati um, or, but I do think there is, I mean, similar to uh, what goes on in the US with indigenous groups, um, the Philippine government does uh, 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 displace Aita groups, Negrito groups. Uh, they don't have access to resources. Uh, so maybe in a way like the Atiatihan to have like Malay type Filipinos and uh, a lot of foreigners that like to join in on the, the fiesta come in to dress like them, I, in a way, would also probably be insensitive in a, in mm. a type of appropriation. But um, from what I understand of, at least from what I, I've read from <laughs> really racist ethnographies on the Aita, the costuming, the outfits, these are fantastical type things. These are not what, I think I said like it's a, in my article that it's a cartoon. These are not actual Aita traditions you're mimicking. You don't, you're not paying any uh, like homage to, to these people, even though you're, you're saying you're celebrating um, them selling uh, the the Bornean Datus that arrive the the coastal lands to to allow them to live and and share the land, but is it shared if they are marginalized on their own land, mm. sort of thing? Mm. On this, I think one of the kind of crucial things that you remarked in the article is how this is a controversial issue and the only side who is not consulted basically are those in question the ati atihan they are kind of like uninvolved or like maybe kept out of the debate about whether this tradition is appropriate or not and this particular issue has come to be a battleground about if like about uh what it means to be from the philippines between um, diasporic Filipinos and people who still live in the Filipino islands. 
And I was wondering if you can tell us a bit more about how they use this festival as some kind of a, a, a as a battleground to define their authenticity versus uh, questions of political correctness, etc. Uh, well, I mean, I started to notice a lot more, uh, controversy, I guess, between the diaspora and, uh, Filipinos through, uh, social media with my friends, uh, who I studied, uh, with in the Philippines, interacting with posts from, uh, Philams, uh, Filipino Americans that really had never been to the Philippines. Mm. Um, and in the way I, I, I get the feeling that a lot of uh, Filipinos within the Philippines see some Filipinos in the diaspora, especially those um, like several generations down that have not uh, been to the Philippines or uh, really interacted with the various types of Philippine culture. Uh, they see them as kind of like condescending Americans uh, themselves, that they're not really like by by blood. Maybe they have an affinity with those in the Fili uh, Philippine Islands, but they're not really Filipino because they don't share in the same sort of socialization. Um, I think there was a fight. I remember some sort of fight where um, uh, a student from some university in California said that Filipinos in the Philippines, especially Filipinos that attended my university in the Philippines, the University of the Philippines, were, uh, um, uh, they had the colonial mentality that in their minds that they themselves were whitewashed and that they didn't really understand Philippine culture. And that pissed off a lot of mm. uh, friends I, I have. Um, it's kind of like they, that, um, I, that some Filipinos in the US think they have more an authentic idea of Philippine culture an experience by being away from what they think is the colonial mentalities in the Philippines. And I can say as someone that grew up in the US, um, my idea of the Philippines and Philippine culture from what I was you know, getting from around me and the stuff I was trying to learn, uh, I did have a more uh, homogenized view of Philippine society and culture and then when I finally got, when I moved to the Philippines and, and to study anthropology, um, I was kind of uh, like, I'm not gonna say shocked, but to see that Philippine culture or what in the US we describe as Philippine culture is very much a Filipino American culture mm. and not indicative of the multitude of cultures found within the Philippines. Uh, or the kind of contestations of what constitutes Filipino culture in the Philippines among various groups. Um, so when it came to the Atiatihan, 
um, like right, I think a few days before I finished the article, there was a new article that I found in, I think it was one of the Philippine newspapers where some um, philams were describing the Etiatihan as a festival uh, done in blackface that Filipinos were mimicking African tribes for, you know, fun mm -hmm. for their fiesta. And some Filipinos hit back with, uh, you don't know uh, our culture or the culture you say you're a part of because we are not mimicking uh, Africans. Uh, this is done to um, appreciate the indigenous Aita uh, Ati culture, which for me, I don't believe it's done to um, appreciate mm. the uh, Ati community, again, because it is done in a, a rather offensive way and they have no, I cannot find any place where they were ever consulted on mm. how they felt about these sorts of things. Um, I remember like years back, there was a, it was a TV show and the title was something like Uling. And Uling in Filipino is um, charcoal. And they had a Filipina actress who was done in blackface with a really curly uh, like Afro wig to mimic the Aita. And it was just really offensive. And I remember complaining about it, but people I tried to talk to about it didn't see or didn't really understand why I would be upset about it. Um, but uh, within my article, I, I did link to um, another controversy where uh, more Malay type Filipino actors were dressing up as Aita instead of actually having Aita uh, actors portray themselves in their own stories. So I, I it's a type of blackface, I would mm -hmm. say, in this. But it's not the type of blackface other people seem to think it is. Mm. I mean, I think it's quite clear that it is insulting and kind of a tradition that needs to be challenged in a way. But it seems as though the particular way in which it is being challenged by the by the uh, Filipino diaspora, uh, by kind of insulting the people who engage in this tradition as kind of, I suppose, being backward and brainwashed, you know, it kind of, the, the, the way that they are attempting to challenge this tradition by, it, it almost kind of repeats uh, racist talking points, it seems. It kind of accuses them of not having fully reached the level of enlightenment that they have reached because of their proximity to the United States. And it, I suppose, kind of makes it even harder to get out of this vicious circle. I think so, because, I mean, the backlash is basically um, the people that were 
supporting the uh, Atiyatihan uh, fiesta really just came back as like, you, you guys are Americans, you don't understand and you don't know. So don't talk about um, Philippine culture before, you know, before you um, like even try to learn about it. Though I did see some, <laughs> I have seen some comments from uh, uh, Philam's, uh, like what you said, state that I guess because of their proximity and how they were educated and within the U.S. that um, they know better. They would know better than Filipinos in the Philippines. Mm. So it's almost so, like this kind of, I suppose, this U.S.-centered idea of quote-unquote wokeness and what it constitutes, it almost, I mean, it does challenge a problematic tradition, which is a useful thing to be doing, but it also kind of reciprocates a kind of imperial and colonial relation by saying that we who are in the metropole who have been enlightened by the most up-to-date and enlightened information have now the authority to be dismissive of your culture. Of course, it probably doesn't help the fact that they don't quite realize that the person, that the, that the kind of people who are being mocked and insulted are not Africans, but indigenous Filipinos. Like the fact that they don't know this distinction makes their accusation even less valid because then they can be accused of not having properly engaged with Filipino culture to start with, which makes, I suppose it gives ground to what I would, I suppose, call racism in the Philippines to reciprocate itself also, because I think this is a scenario that happens pretty much anywhere. The, the idea that like racism is something that only happens in the United States and we don't have it here. So I suppose it kind of, when Americans accuse everybody else of their own type of racism, everybody has, else has their like ready defense of saying, oh no, this is, not the, this is not the US, you don't get it here. You're just trying to repeat what you see in the US to back here. And I suppose this is exactly what makes that vicious circle. The fact that yeah. our understanding of what racism means is so deeply conditioned by what it means in the United States. Yeah, it's not to say that there isn't, I mean, there is racism in the Philippines. Um, maybe not to the same sort of, uh, sort of violent tendencies that you get in the US, but I, I have noticed, uh, especially, um, like African students I, I went to uh, university with, I would hear racist comments uh, about them. Um, one of my friends was uh, from Nigeria and he would tell me of some of the incidents he had uh, in the Philippines. He never said that they were like so bad, but you, you did feel there's a, uh, an animosity there. The th uh, thing is, uh, most of the like sub-Saharan Africans that come uh, to the Philippines, uh, 
they're they're well off. So there's also like a sort of uh, social economic uh, thing there. Uh, also, um, Black Americans that, that come to the Philippines are also seen as well off. So, I mean, there probably is uh, racism compounded with a sort of jealousy for, for what wealth these people are presumed to have in a way maybe <laughs> uh absolutely and i think the idea of the possibility that you can always turn around and say because there's racism in the united states the kind of defense of saying that no 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 racism is an american thing we don't have that here just because a specific way of un like understanding the way racism works in the philippines or in turkey has not being conceived that we've been just kind of lazily borrowing from uh, ideas of racism in the United States, uh, it makes it possible for people to say, it makes it possible for people to deny that racism exists. For example, a lot of your, I mean, at least a section of your article, you're talking about the same kind of specifically anti-Black racism, because of course, like when it comes to racism, like there's more established forms of racism that we do have in Turkey against Kurds, against Armenians, against Greeks. But in terms of specific racism against Africans uh, or people from like Sub-Sahara, like African-Americans, I mean, like this is where the idea of like kind of blackness melts down also, I suppose. But uh, I suppose anyone who has darker skin, racism against anyone who has darker skin, it is in Turkey completely denied. Uh, when the uh, killing of uh, George Floyd happened and the uh, president of Turkey, like Tayyip Erdogan, kind of went out and condemned it, and there was a lot of Turkish people who were like condemning it also, there was a lot of people who were saying, uh, especially a lot of Afro-Turks or kind of the children of uh, immigrants, like more recent immigrants, they were saying, hang on a second, okay, like you have denounced racism in the U.S., uh, but what about racism over here? And that makes it really, really uncomfortable for a lot of people here because people here try to behave as 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 if this is like completely absent, as this is only like an American problem. I suppose it's the same story in the Philippines. I think um, when I would bring... Uh, this up like when I would hear things um, people would often uh, play it off as jokes as it not being really offensive it's being a, uh, that when I would bring up uh, issues of racism I would have uh, people say that it's only because I am American that mm -hmm. I'm so sensitive to what obviously is just harmless fun or you know when, when they would make uh, racialized comments um, because I guess in a way they, they assume there's like a physical violence in, in racism as they see in the U S which doesn't happen. I'm not, well, it probably does happen, but is not how people tend to characterize the racism, uh, that goes on in the Philippines. If, um, 
they'll say things, but you'll, you, we don't have like lynchings of uh, black or African uh, individuals in the Philippines, like you have a history of lynching in the US. But of course, it does exist. And in a way, I think uh, the, con the consumption of American media or US media in the Philippines also kind of uh, perpetuates certain ideas of, of what racism is. And, you know, some, maybe in other countries, people can distance themselves from what they, from racist rhetoric because they think, well, it's, it's not like that here. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe. <laughs> and one aspect of the conversation that interests me from the kind of Turkish perspective in comparison is the, um, is the contrast between the relationships with, with the diaspora. Like, for example, in Turkey, there's been, of course, like a recent wave of emigrations to Germany since, I don't know, for like five years or so, uh, kind of well-educated uh, Turkish people, kind of like well-educated middle and upper middle class, young Turkish people have emigrated to Germany. There's been like a big wave of emigration to places like Berlin. And when they got there, they found that there were already like an established Turkish community over there who had moved back in the 1960s. And there is this kind of stereotype or I suppose belief in Turkish people, especially uh, upper middle class, well-educated Turkish people, uh, the demographic who kind of moved to Germany recently. There is this understanding that the diasporics have moved over there in the 1960s and they took the country, the Turkey of the 1960s over there with them. And as they live over there, they're still living in the 1960s of Turkey. They have kind of uh, refused to integrate into Europe. They have resisted attempts at learning the language because you know they were kind of quote unquote backward people from the, uh, from the countryside who went over there as cheap labor. And they consider themselves as Turkish people who are moving from Turkey to the diaspora, they consider themselves to be a more modern, more, I don't know, more enlightened, more educated, et cetera, et cetera, which is, it kind of flips the position between the diasporics and the natives that the Filipinos have, because there it's those who move to consider themselves to be more advanced. And here it's those who remain that consider themselves to be more advanced. Is that is that like a fair comparison, do you think? Well, I mean, maybe because the Philippines, I think like growing up in America, you, at least I kind of expected the Philippines, at least from what my mom would tell us growing up, the Philippines is, I mean, it is a, it's a developing nation. And so, I mean, the comments I got when I chose to move to the Philippines for my tertiary education, um, people looked at me like I, I was strange. They're like, why would you leave uh, the US mm. for subpar education in you know the third world? Um, 
granted i'm i'm from i'm from idaho i and the the edu- the education i received in the philippines i i would characterize it as better than where uh, what i would have received in my hometown um specifically regarding uh what i chose to study which was anthropology uh but you know the that same mentality kind of everything's better in the US. It's more educated, it's wealthy. The Philippines is kind of that, that backwater that, you know, sex tourists go to, to pick up the, you know, child brides or whatever, uh, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Americans, and I'm gonna say, um, Americans that don't are, are aren't of uh, Philippine heritage that moved to the Philippines. Uh, some of the ones I've met uh, are very condescending uh, towards uh, regular Filipinos because they just assume they don't have the mental capacity that they do as an American or as a European. Um, I, I've seen it often and i am I don't know. It's uh, it's upsetting that that sort of idea is perpetuated by, say, Filipino Americans in the U.S. It's an interesting thing. I w- I also wonder if there's there must be some kind of a division even within the diaspora about this. I mean, not all um, Filipino diasporics come from that kind of educated background. A lot of them might have different kinds of relationship with back home. Is there, is that something that happens within the diaspora? Because it's a sizable diaspora as well, right? It is. (laughs) Well, I mean, because uh, the Philippines was a a colony of the US, which I think many uh, people within the US seem to forget when they're always, they're like, why are there so many Filipinos? Um, Historically, Uh, we were, uh, the Philippines was a colony. Um, I think there are, there, at least the community I grew up in, um, a lot of people still had ties to the Philippines uh, back home, uh, back, you know, back for them, back home in the Philippines. Um, I'm a, I have a mixed heritage and a lot of the other uh, Filipino American kids I grew up with were also of mixed heritage. So kind of what we, some, I noticed some people lean into being very American, like would lean in towards their non-Filipino side. And some lean heavily into the the uh, Filipino side, uh, trying to foster a connection uh, with the Philippines, even though that connection is kind of manufactured because they've really never experienced the culture, but they try, they go for the aesthetics of the culture. And, um, even among um, Filipinos, uh, 
uh, Filipino history is often uh, skewed in how they understand it in a lot of ways. About your earlier discussion also between like the, the relationship between the diaspora and the people who are in the Philippines, do you think there's an element of shame within diasporic Filipinos uh, regarding their feelings towards, uh, I suppose, their country of origin? Oh, go to connection problem. I think you're back on. Okay. Uh, in what way? In the sense that, you know, they consider people back in the Philippines to have, I don't know, less developed ideas about race or I don't know. Especially what, what I find to be interesting is people who are kind of active in decolonial or anti-colonial politics in the US, kind of almost repeating that attitude towards the Philippines. And that, does that make sense? Uh, I think a lot would have to do with the socialization and the education you get in the US regarding these uh, regarding places like the Philippines, um, before maybe you get a little older and you start to like interrogate that and think about it. Uh, hello? The connection go again? Okay. So I just uh, was saying, I don't know if it's shame per se. Um, I think I, I, I still, I think it's how maybe like socialization and, and education within the US and how people view places like the Philippines. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not really uh, sure. I mean, let's say like, I mean, my mom, she, when she came to the US, she was, um, she wasn't treated very nicely by some of the other Filipinos in the Filipino community because she was seen as kind of like a village girl, uneducated, was brought over by, you know, a military spouse. Uh, I don't know, within the Filipino community, there's that, um, they call it crab mentality, where like you just never want to see anyone succeed. So in a way, I think like the Filipino, some aspects of the Filipino culture and the Filipino American culture can be very uh, toxic. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure if, uh, if it's uh, anything to do with uh, shame, but uh, that's just me. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um. Well, I've been told. Uh, you never want to see. You don't want to see people go above their station. So, if anyone 
tends to achieve something, you try to drag them down, kind of like a force humility type of situation to the point where um, I believe one of my professors said one of his friends uh, who um, was overseas when another Filipino would ask uh, if they were Filipino, they would deny being Filipino and say like they were Indonesian or Malaysian. So they didn't have to deal with these sorts of things. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I was very rambly uh, on this, but um, well, basically, for my article, I wish there was more engagement with the ATI community and the greater AITA communities, because when I tried to solicit um, comments from people within these communities, it was very hard to find anyone or anyone willing, even with people that did study these groups, which I think in the Philippines and I think, you know, coming from anthropology, we should consider how we, we use these communities for research, but then we don't they're not necessarily treated like people uh, of a, like a vibrant community. And, you know, they're not like, uh, we research people's to help people not to just get like a publication out. Hopefully that's, that's what you're supposed to do at least. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs>